We're studying Bible study methods, some of the ways that we could study the Bible and by it feed our spirits and get closer to God. Now, when we're talking about Bible study methods, really the options that we have available are, are just kind of quite broad. There, there are many ways to go about doing this, and so what I'm trying to do is just offer some suggestions, especially along one kind of thinking. So we'll get into that in a minute. But I want to go back to a verse that we read last time. It's Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And this has always inspired me or moved me or motivated me to study God's Word a little bit closer. And it's Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, now here's the part that really kind of stands out to me or motivates me or encourages me. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, one of the things that we did last time when considering a verse was to kind of identify important words or important thoughts or those kinds of things when we come to a verse of the Bible. So let's go ahead and do that. What are some things, as we consider this, why, what kind of things do you see in there, and what kind of things do I see in there maybe that would be an encouragement to me or a motivation to me or to you to study the Word of God? What are, what are some things that you might identify in this verse that might speak to you and encourage you in the study of the Lord? What are some important words? So go ahead. Yeah, Ruth. Blessed, yeah. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and so on. Yeah, blessed is the man. Yeah, there's a blessing that comes with it. Okay, what else? What other words or ideas stand out? Okay. Yeah, so there's a better way. There's, there's a better way than being with the scornful or the sinners or the the ungodly. There's a better way than that, and it has to do with the Word of God, right? Yeah, good. That could be motivating. Mar- Mary? Yeah. All right, so there are two things there. I mean, for me, anyways, that stand out. It is the idea of delighting. So going to the Word of God is not something that ought to, well, it shouldn't be a burden to me, and it's not a burden to me. It is a delight. I love the law I love the, the Word of God. I delight in it. I can't wait to get back into it. So that's motivating for me. And then the meditating in it, the day and the, not, and the night stand out to me. How often am I supposed to do it? Day and night. And after all, if I'm delighting in it, then getting in it day and night won't be a burden, right? It would be a... That's right, a blessing, a delight. Yeah. Philip, did you raise your hand? No? Will? Absolutely. The one who gets into the Word of God is like a healthy tree, right? That's motivating. Ruth? Yeah, who can avoid that? I mean, here we have a direct promise from God. If you delight in my word and get in it every day, 
there is prosperity that will follow you. So we come to a verse like this, and there are many ideas, thoughts, words that might jump out at us in order to encourage us and to motivate us, challenge us maybe, correct us if we need it. So that's what the Word of God does for us. So this is Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now one of the other things that we did last time that we covered was that's more of an active method of Bible study, and we'll get back to that in a second, was to pray the verses that you engage with, turn them into a personalized prayer. So let's go ahead and pray and ask for God's blessing tonight, and I'll just kind of use Psalm 1, 1 through 3 as the model for the prayer. So let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you have given to us, your speaking, your words, your message to us, that we could know about you, that we could hear from you, that we could adjust our lives according to your ways. So, Lord, help us to put aside the ways of the world. Help us to turn away from those things. Help us not to love those things or to set our affections upon worldly ways instead. Oh, Lord, help us to delight in you. Help us to delight in your word. Let it be such delight to us that we spend time in it day and night. Help us to crave it like we crave our food. Help us to come to your words and to eat them. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would keep your promise to prosper us, to bless us. If we follow you, if we walk in your ways, if we go according to the precepts that you have given to us, your word says here that you would bless us like a tree planted by the waters. And so I pray that you would bless us, that you would pour out a blessing, a mighty blessing upon us as we walk after you. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you for the grace that is ever extended towards us. May you be glorified in it all. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so that's, a, that's an example of approaching Psalm chapter 1, just verses 1 through 3. And it turns what I call passive types of reading or studying the Bible, which would include just reading it, to something a little bit more active than that. And when we turn our study of the Word of God from something that's just passive into something that's a little bit more active, I think at that point then we tend to grasp on to some more than we would have had before. Some of the passive methods that we looked at last time was, first of all, read the Bible, and that's important. Just because it's a passive method doesn't mean that it's meaningless or useless or doesn't do anything. It does. Uh, As a matter of fact, that's the starting point for us. So read the Bible Listen to preaching and teaching from the Bible. Read books about the Bible. Use a good study Bible. Tina showed me on Sunday her new, brand new uh, study Bible, and you could tell it was brand new, all shiny, and you know, the, the sides are all shiny still, and I didn't see any marks in it yet, and so that's what happens when you get a new study Bible. But yeah, get a good study Bible. What you have in a study Bible is a resource in front of you that not only has the text of the Bible, but some solid uh, comments about what the Bible is all about. So that's important. So these are passive methods of studying the Bible. But I would encourage us to be a little bit more active in our study of the Bible. Turn the verses that we're reading into prayers. Personalize them. Uh, Memorize the scripture. Meditate on it. Think on it. And Just make it a a constant presence within you. And then we want to do something like 
uh, picking up our pencil and writing in the Bible. You've heard me say this before. It is okay to write in your Bible. For the longest time, I just would not. I would not write, not only in, not, I wouldn't write in the Bible, I wouldn't write in any book. Not only that, when I read a book, I didn't want to put a crease in the cover, so I would read my books like this. I was so afraid of uh, hurting my books. That's what I did, and then I finally came to my senses a little bit, and now I realize it's okay to write and to scribble and to circle and to highlight and to, uh, let's, let's open that book, you know, so I can see it without whole, having to hold it open and engage in it a little bit more. So let's look at this. It's uh, John 3.16, so let's turn in our Bibles to John 3.16 so you can look at it, and of course you can look on it up here. But what we, we want to do is just to have the idea of engaging the Scriptures right there in front of us with maybe a pencil or a pen in our hands. Now, again, this, this is just... Just a, an opportunity. You don't have to write in your Bibles, but, but this is a way to turn just reading it into something that's a little bit more impactful than that. So I, I'm trying to... I don't know how this is going to work here, but let's, let's try it out. Oh, you can see it. All right, great. Okay, so we come to John 3.16. And we want to identify some important phrases. And we might have done this before, but you take your pencil in your, in your hand or your pen or whatever. It could be a pencil or a pen. And you begin to work with the text. So what might you circle or underline or highlight? What might you do? What? Love. Yeah, well, you know, you can't get around the idea of love. God so loved the world. And, you know, I covered the word so, so What? Right? You know, when you're writing your Bible, that's what's going to happen. You're going to mess up. And, and uh, somebody, somebody came up to me, I think it was on Sunday, and they said, uh, I took notes in my Bible, and before I realized it, I was using a pen instead of a pencil. And, you know, the idea being, if I write it in pen, if I make a mistake, oh, was that you? Was that you? Oh. Okay, what? <laughs> yeah, if I use a pen and I make a mistake, then I've just ruined my $50 study Bible or $70 study Bible or whatever they go for these days. I've just ruined it, and now what am I going to do? You know, I covered the word so. Um, but we, we need not uh, freak out over that. You know, it's okay. Get another colored pen and, you know, just kind of, oops, what did I do here? And then, you know, just... So, I can't see the word so, so you just write it back up in there. Don't worry about that. As a matter of fact, it adds flavor and character to your notes in Scripture. Not only that, but you know, in your mind, you're going to remember this now because of the extra scribbles and, oh no, I made a mistake. That is going to be one of those memory kinds of things that get hung out to dry. And you tend to remember them. So, don't let that be... Uh, an issue, just, just go to it. Just write your notes. Highlight your words. So love, love is an, an important idea. It is kind of the, one of the basis of this passage here. So yeah. What else might we circle or underline or highlight? Tyson. The G in gave. 
So you, you do like this? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Keep... I know where you're going with this. Go ahead, keep going. Hey, you guys see that? And what does it spell? Gospel, gospel, gospel. <laughs> All right, this is great. Now, if, you, if you're sitting there thinking, why did I underline those letters? You know, a month later. <laughs> you can just, uh, you know, get your pencil and write it in the, in the margin there, right? Uh, that's, that's what it's all about. And again... This will be one of those things that will help you to identify and to remember the verse that you're thinking about. Okay, things like that. Or what else can we do? Now, I, honestly, I've never seen anything like that, Tyson. This is the first time I'm... I can't well, I, yeah, that's fine, but, uh, but it, just, it just shows the point. There are so many things to do, so many, so many ways to go about this. Um, yeah, in my sermon, in my sermon on Sunday, when Colin was preaching, I, I drew little mountains at one point because he was talking about Mount, Mount Zion. So I just kind of drew little mountains, and you know that I remember that, and I remember the comment that I wrote next to it because I drew that little picture. So, well, I just lost my. All right, what else can we do if I bring this up here again? Ah, there it is. What's that? Believes, yeah. Okay, whosoever believes. So, believing is important. Clearly. That's a key word in that verse, right? Believes. Anything else that stands out to you? There are no right or wrong answers here. This is, you're reading this word. And the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you and moving in your heart to point and direct you to the things that he wants you to pay attention to. Now, why is that, why is that important? Because... How many times have you read one verse and then you come, come back to it a month or two later and you just kind of something else jumps at you, out at you at, from the verse, right? Yeah, so this is the Spirit of God working at you, working in you and through you and uh, pointing you to the things in His Word that He wants you to focus on. So, all right, what else, Mary? Yeah, the world. Yeah, that's important also. What does that mean? Actually, if you were to look that up, and I'll give you an example of that, uh, the word world here is not kind of the cosmos or the earthly world, it's the age. God so loved this, this, yeah, this world, this age. Anyway, I think I got that right. It's the word, yeah. We can look it up in a minute, but I think that's what it was. Maybe I'm thinking of another verse, but it, the, the word world cannot, can sometimes be it's the word for age, this age, you know, the, oh, yeah, you got it? Is this, all right, so forget what I just said, just erase it, I was thinking of something else, all right, anyway, all right, so the world, God loves everybody in the world, right? Yeah, Pam, were you going to raise your hand? Yeah, The gospel, that's, what, that's why Tyson just underlined the G and the O and the S and yeah, gospel, you, all of it, right? <laughs> it's like, oh man, this is such a great verse. I love this verse. I love this verse, right? 
This is a fabulous verse. Just highlight the whole verse. All right, you're not going to highlight like a three-year-old, right? <laughs> but even if you did highlight it like a three-year-old, it does not matter. So the verse, the whole verse stands out, and, and that's fabulous. That's fantastic. Uh, what else can you do here? What else can you do? Well, you can actually write notes in your margins, right? So somebody's preaching from it, and like I, I like to do, this is one verse that often during a funeral, I will use this verse, and, and there are four things that I draw out of this verse. So, you know, you could uh, uh, mark those. So I talk about God's love, first of all, and that his love caused him to give and then you have the invitation, whoever believes. And then the promise uh, should not perish, but have everlasting life. So those are the four points that I will use when preaching that message from John 3.16. And like Pam said, it's the gospel. And like Tyson, it's the gospel in a nutshell to me. And there are other verses, of course, that talk about the gospel in different ways. But this is, this, is, this is why John 3.16 is so loved, you know, because it shares the gospel. Yeah, good. So, well, the point is that, that here, if you have some margins, and I shared last time that some Bibles actually have larger um, margins all the way around so that you, you can make notes in the margin. So you can say, Pastor loves to preach... Not that this is beneficial to your spiritual life, but it's just illustrating the fact that you can, you know, make a note in the margins of your Bible. From this at funerals. You can put that. Right? <laughs> so, again, you know, the, the point is that you're actually making a note at that verse. And what happens? The next time you, you know, I don't know, Next time the pastor preaches from that passage or the next time you're reading through your Bible and you come to that verse, you're going to see your note and you say, oh yeah, I remember that now. Or you can say, well, I don't remember that at all, but that's a good note that I wrote here. And, and so you, you keep on engaging in the scripture. This is a little bit more active than just reading. Because you know when you're reading, you could read it with... You can read with your eyes half shut, right? You can be, you can be reading even out loud, and be thinking about lunch, and it's like, what did I just read for the last half hour? Um, so, so reading can be a little, it, it, you can get distracted even while you're doing the reading. Um, again, reading is important, but being um, active like this just kind of brings a little bit more focus to your study. Now, I have to say, if you're going to be active like this in your reading, you're going to go a lot slower, Right? Because why? Because you're stopping to think about what you're reading as opposed to reading it through. And, and so this is kind of the give and take when it comes to Bible reading plans. Because when you have a Bible reading plan, your goal is to read through the Bible or the New Testament or the Old Testament in one year. And you're going to read it no matter what. And, you, and it's like, I got to read through this. This is my reading today. And I'm just, I missed yesterday and I missed the day before yesterday. I, I've just got to catch up. And so, again, that's okay, but, you know, you're, you're kind of going faster, you're picking up the pace, you're doing the reading, but at the sacrifice of stopping and praying and identifying important words. And, and so, so there's, a, there's a wide spectrum of considerations here, but it's okay to write notes in the Bible. All right, any questions about this? 
Right? Any ideas, anything that you do that helps, helps you? Tyson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I don't know if you've ever read the introduction to your study Bible, but the introductions to your study Bible identify the tools that, or, and the, you know, the things that are in your Bible that you could make use of to help you do one more step. So in this Bible that I have here currently, there, there's a middle column which is very narrow. It goes right down the middle of the page. Maybe some of your Bibles have something like that. And in that middle column, it has cross-references. A cross-reference is the identification of another verse that is similar or says something similar to the verse that you are reading. Most of your Bibles probably have, have the text, and then at the end, there's a line, and then you have your cross-references or maybe the notes at the, there. So how many of you have it right down the middle of the page? Anybody have it right down the middle of the page? How many of you have it like at the end or at the bottom of the page? Yeah. A lot of them are, are more towards the bottom. Now, there's different kinds of notes. So you're reading the text, and you might see a, an italicized small letter, or you might see a little number. Uh, they're, they're, they mean different things. So if you're if you're, and again, you have to go to your study Bible and how it does it, but if you see a little italicized letter, that might mean ref, cross-references. But if you see an italicized little number, that might be a footnote for the verse that you're reading. So either one of these, uh, everything that's in your Bible there means something, and so you can, if you want to take full advantage of your study Bibles, read the introduction and some of the, you know, the identifications of the, the different things that it yeah, so, yes, good, Tyson. Any other suggestions or things that you practice or you find in your Bible? Some Bibles have uh, par- uh, like headings at the top of paragraphs, just kind of for each section. So I have, you know, in, well, you know, wherever you're reading, it has a, a title. It's not, it's not part of the Bible, but your study Bible adds it there just to kind of give you a little bit of a, a help. So it has a title and it has the paragraph, has another little title, another paragraph. Anybody have titles within, their, within the text? Okay, good. Some Bibles put the title at the top for like the whole page. You're like the highlight on what's on that page. We'll put it at the top of the page. Anybody have something like that? Nobody has those? All right, that's old-fashioned then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me. Some of your study Bibles, so everybody turn to the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. Turn to, I mean, John. John chapter 1, verse 1. Just turn right there to John chapter 1, verse 1. And before John chapter 1, verse 1, you might have a page or two that it might give the main points of John or an outline of John or who wrote John, or when it was written. Does anybody have that kind of a, a thing? Yeah, just right at the beginning. Now, in this, this, is not, this is not a study Bible, but uh, who's going to buy a Bible that doesn't have any kind of resources? So they throw some things in there. But my, my introduction paragraph for John is just, you know, just a little paragraph at the top. So there's not that much information there, which is fine with me. 
But some of your study Bibles, it might go one or two pages like that with introductory material. Um, Every study Bible will have maps at the end. It will have tables. It will have other maybe articles on certain topics. Uh, Every study Bible will have that at the end. Some of them have some stuff at the beginning. And these are additional resources available to you. So if you're studying the, the Gospel of John, you, you're going to read through that. Go ahead and read the introductory paragraph, and it will give you kind of a context, the historical context at the least, of what's in the, in, in the Gospel of John. And that could be helpful too. This is another way to, to do a study of the Bible. All right, Susan, did you have a question? I think you had your hand up before. Okay, so anybody have any comments, other, other things or thoughts or things that you practice or see or, or do? Tina? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. Now, you're not writing the notes in your Bible. You have, yeah, good. Yes, good. Okay. Yeah, that, that's right. That's good, too. And, we're, and, and this, this is similar to something else I'm going to show you in a moment, okay, called Bible journaling, which is actually how I do my devotions right now. So I'll, I'll just explain that to you in a, in a second. But that's a great method. And I do encourage, you'll hear us encourage you to, you know, get your notebooks out, get your, paper, your pencils out or your pens, get your Bibles out, and it enables you to engage Scripture a little bit more. It's one step above just reading or listening, which again is passive. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's more that we can do to get ourselves, you know, into the Scripture and learn a little bit more. Well... Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, just getting together with somebody else and talking about it, um, and engaging one another in what you're reading. Uh, this is part of what Sunday school is like. Anyways, when I teach it, I like to teach more, you know, I like to ask more questions during Sunday school, just to kind of help everybody to engage. Um, sometimes I do it on Wednesday night, like tonight. You know, it just, it just is different. But, but just the fact that you have to think about it, and maybe you have a question, and you, you know, you just, it's a little bit more of an engagement than just listening and reading. So, yeah, good. Well, sharing with somebody else, just getting together with somebody else and having a Bible study. Anybody else have any ideas or thoughts or practices that you do when you're studying the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit embarrassed, but when I was a younger Christian, I was, I was memorizing a whole lot of scripture. So what I would do is I actually would take the time to go through a book, like James, for example, and I would write the first letter of each word in each verse. So I'd go James 1.1. 1, 1. I'm in John now, so John 1.1, 1, 1, I would do something like ITB, and I would just divide it by phrases. So ITB 1 in the beginning, ITB, WTW was the word. And I would just go through 
I, I took the time to write all of this out. And then I would go from reading the Bible to using my little, you know, the first letters, just like what Tyson showed us about the gospel there, uh, to using the first letters, and then I'd go from the first letters to complete memorization. So that was a lot of work. <laughs> and then uh, the next month I'd forget everything I learned. I memorized the month before. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, the acronyms. That's what reminded me of that, and, and that's a good way. Tyson's gospel was an acronym, and you know, acronyms just to, to remember things. Uh, you could sing little ditties or songs. You know, if you're like Carrie, maybe you can just create songs for John 3.16 and just, uh, you know, start singing them and just sing all day long and help you to remember uh, verses that way. All kinds of things that we could do. Uh, you can't put it under your pillow yet, though. You still won't draw it in that way, but there are a whole lot of other things you might try. All right. Last time, we, when we were going back a little bit, we were looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. You remember this? And I compared, we were talking about the different versions of the Bible, and so we have the New King James Version on the left, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. And then we have the NIV on the right, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. So we have the same verse, but there's really quite a difference in the translation here. So I'm going to go back to the back now, and I'm going to bring up Logos, the Logos software. And, And I just want to remind you that as part of this church, you have access to the online Logos Bible software. And I'll show you just a couple of things uh, if you're studying 1 Thessalonians 4, for some of the things that you might do to help you uh, figure out what's going on here, okay? So I'm going to go to the back. You won't be able to see me, but I, I tried to make the letters as big as possible so everybody can see them, but if you're back here, you might have a little trouble seeing. Maybe you can move up if you want, or maybe hopefully you can see. So if you go to the Logos app, and by the way, if you're interested in using it, we we do have to activate your username. So maybe somebody can volunteer to make a list of everybody that's interested in being activated for the Logos software. Is anybody interested in doing that? And then Ben Ben will take the list and he will activate everybody. So Ruth, you want to collect the... All right, you can get a piece of paper out or something and pass it around. And if you're interested, just write down your name and then Ben will get you activated for this. But this is the Logos software. Okay, can you all see it? All right, so we're at John three seventeen, three sixteen. Let's go to John 3. We want a 1 Thessalonians 4, 4, right? I am going to move this just a little because our screen here doesn't show the whole. All right, so we're in 1 John 4, 4 in the New King James, 1 Thessalonians 4, 4 in the New King James Version. Am I right or, um, because I'm having trouble seeing here, I'm just going to, all right, 1 Thessalonians 4, 4, this is our verse. So the first word that we were having trouble with So you'll notice on the left side is my Bible. Where is my mouse? I'm going to go out here a little bit. 
All right, First Thessalonians 4, 4. What was the first word that we have trouble with, that we had trouble with? That was the difference between the New King James and the NIV. Which word was that? Which one? Anybody? What was the first? Okay, before that, there's a word. No versus, what, what does yours say, Susan? Okay, learn versus no. Learn versus no. Okay, you see that? All right, so what, what I have here on the left, I have the Bible, my Bible, and on the right, I have Strong's Concordance. Now, Strong's Concordance is basically a dictionary of words. So I'm going to go to the word no. Can you see my mouse? It's right around the word no. I'm going to click on the word no. And in theory... All right, sorry. It will work. Just give me a moment here. Let's try this again. So I'm going to click on the word no. Now there we go. All right, so I click on the word no, and it brings up on the right the dictionary definition. It's number what number in Strong's Concordance? 1492. That's the year Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Uh, it has the word in the original language so in the new testament it'll be greek like it is written in greek and then in the old testament it'll have the hebrew word as it is written in hebrew then it has a transliteration and then it has a pronunciation scheme and then if you look down it says uh, 666 occurrences which is a pretty bad number to be recognized for but there it is And then it says the AV translates, that's the authorized version, translates this Greek word, 1492, as no, a bunch of times, which I can't see here, 28 times, and cannot tell, plus 3756, which is another word, eight times, no how, seven times, whist, there's a good King James word for you, whist, six times, and so on, okay? And then we come to the number one. You see the word, the number one here? You see the number one? All right. That is the first and primary definition for this word. And the primary definition for this word is to see. So we could go back to our verse and read it, that each of you should see. You could put the word see in there, and that would be not wrong, per se. So then you have 1A. These are 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. These are all sub-definitions of the word, of definition number one. And then you drop on down here, and here's the number two. You see that? And then second primary definition is to know, to know anything and to know. So this is the second primary definition for this word. So this is a dictionary, and... This word means to see or to know. Now, the idea is this. If you see something, then you just kind of better understand it a little bit. You know it. Uh, And so that's kind of the thinking behind the definition of this word. So if we were to pick a definition or a translation for this word in our verse, we are going to pick the word know or the word see. That, that would be first. Everybody see what we're talking about? All right, so the next word was what? 
possess. So we click on the word possess, and it comes up in our dictionary. Now, now this beats having another big dictionary on your desk there, and you're turning and looking for the numbers and trying to look it up, and you just click on the word when you get it all set up, right? Like I had to struggle to do for a minute. But it brings up the word, the definition, and if you go down, here's the number one. It has one primary definition, and the word possess means to acquire or to get for one's self, all right? So we're going back to our verse, and it says that each of you should know or see how to obtain his own, and then the word vessel was another, another word that was a little bit different. So we might click on the word vessel, and we have one, number one is vessel, and that's like a ship we're talking about here. Number two it could be an implement, a household utensil, but notice 2A2 is tackle and the armament of vessels used specifically for sails and ropes. So we do have some kind of association with ships in this word. And then uh, number three, it could even mean uh, some kind of man here, metaphorically. Uh, metaphorically, it stands for a man. Now, this is where the NIV is going to pick it up. It is going to make a judgment call on the interpretation here and put... The word, what's the word that the NIV does? His own body, right? He uses the word body instead of vessel. Um, but notice at the end of the Strong's Concordance, notice what it says, additional information. Can you see that there? Vessel was common, a common Greek metaphor for the body, since Greeks thought of souls as living temporally in bodies. So that's where the NIV is getting their body translation there. And then, of course, the last one, the last word that was different was the word sanctification. So you click on the word sanctification, you get the word coming up there, and it means to consecrate yourself or to purify yourself. All right, I know I went really fast with that. But um, the point is, the point is that with the Lagos tool, you have some additional resources that quickly give you the information that you need to do a little bit more study on your Bible verse, all right? And of course, it has uh, dictionaries. I don't know if you remember, I brought out the, the Bible dictionary, and it has all kinds of articles on, on all kinds of things. Those are in the, the software, and it's just really a tool for more in-depth Bible study. Anybody have any questions on that? I know I went really fast. We're running out of time here. But uh, anything else before we move on from this? No? Okay. All right. I'm not going to do this now, but the last active method is Bible journaling. And I think I will take some time next time to show you what that is all about. So we're going to stop here. And if anybody has final comments, thoughts or questions? Anybody? Okay, if not, then until next time.